hey, if you're going through something right now, know that you're not alone. Especially in a time like this, where we as a society have been just trying to survive through a global crisis, know that you are not alone in your feelings. Most of the people I have on my show are just looking for somebody to talk to, and we end up forming a, a deep connection. We have very personal conversations, a lot of which doesn't make it to my show. And I appreciate that those people feel that they can come and they can talk to me, and also that they don't mind sharing their stories to give inspiration to people, maybe like you, my listener, who don't know what direction to reach in but we talk about it in this episode there's numbers you can call there's groups you can join and even if you feel like you have to reach out to me personally know that you can do that you are not alone okay we love you and we care about you very very much we're here for you welcome back i was just trying to help you with your dead air oh word appreciate it man no it gets edited man so, so I, I guess is that a, is that a yes? Are you interested in being on the show today? Yeah, sure. Cool, man. Hey, welcome back. Today we're talking to a man from the United States about mental health, education, and how those things will affect the future of our nation. So stick around, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks. One of one of my uncles, uh, Uncle Chaz, may his soul rest in peace. He fought in the Vietnam War, came home, died of drugs. Mm. It's a sad fate that a lot of veterans meet, right? It's a little too common for somebody who who served for all of us, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's too common, really. Like, if any soldier out there is suffering from PTSD, please seek help. Absolutely, man. I think that's a great word. You know, um, I think it's a shame. If anyone, period, is suffering depression, please seek help. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and, and I'll say personally, I appreciate that, you know what I'm saying, because I go through my own things. And Omega helps a lot, you know, me being able to get on here and just talk it out, you know what I'm saying? Um, you see me sitting over here puffing down cigarettes and shit, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I don't I don't have, like, an addiction problem in the sense of, like, hard drugs. But I, I have... Um, I guess what's been termed a, uh, an addictive personality. So like weed, drinking, shrooms, sex, you know, all these all these things I, I very easily latch onto. And then when I don't have them, I go through very deep depressive states. And in those times, um, you know, Omega has, has really uh, become not only an outlet for me, but a source of inspiration, you know, to be able to talk to people like you who have so much insight and have you know not only stories to tell but you have kind words for other you know and you, and you think of others so you know what man. you just said you know I, I appreciate that personally and, I, and I'm sure my listeners will as well well I'm glad I'm like yeah we are in this together man we are hell yeah man so with the with the veterans though what I was going to say I, I don't know you know what the solutions are for the problems that we have in the United States. Um, a lot of people are really good at pointing out problems, but I think something that even if we don't have a solution for it yet is, you know, A, I feel like we're fighting 
tons of unnecessary perpetual wars overseas, right? That are totally yeah. un- that are totally unnecessary, and they're under the guise of us fighting for freedom. And I get that terrorism is real, and that. Uh, the- and that started. That started way. I would say that started with the Vietnam War. Like the last good, good war that was justified was World War Two. And you know, on the on the books. Um, they have, and this is what's funny, the United Nations considers this period we're in now, they call mm-hmm. it the long peace. Because since World War II, none... We haven't had an official war. Well, yeah, and none of the major 80 powers in the world have been in conflict with each other since World War II. So they call it the yep. long peace. And really, we're statistically, we're in the most peaceful time human beings have ever existed in. We're witnessing it right now. But with that, I think, has come this new form of conflict and war where we see it, you know, where the larger countries can work together to bully all the smaller countries into compliance. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, that brings us back to the veterans. You know, you send these young boys and young men overseas to do your bidding in what you call a time of peace or peacekeeping. And when they come back, mangled and traumatized you know there's no help for them over here um there really isn't there there definitely needs to be more help over here absolutely yeah i mean you know we go and send them to do horrific stuff and not all jobs in the military are horrific but we send them but there is people that we still send on the front lines and those people come back and then we get mass shootings and then we go why did we get a mass shooting? It's because, well, you don't take care of your citizens. Yeah, you, a lot of the times I mean, those shootings are veterans. Even medically speaking, we need, to, we need to take care of America so much better concerning the mental health crisis that's going on. Right. That COVID is really exasperated because I think this mental health crisis was probably emerging before COVID, right? Oh, yeah. No, it, it was. It was. It's been going on for a while now. Same with our economy too. By the way, we're we're gone through at least three crashes that I can think of, maybe four. And we there's rumors of another one on the peak. Yeah, and and that's and that that's an odd thing to talk about the the crashes in the economy because statistically speaking, they said the crash of two thousand eight was worse on paper than the Great Depression of the 1930s. Yeah. But, and this is and this is where I guess we could get a little political here because, you know, a lot of people believe that now our system is too big to fail. And I think we've seen, we've, we've been through, like you said, four crashes that you can remember, but mm-hmm. never anything comparable to the 1930s Depression, right? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Do you foresee something like that happening? Do you think that's still possible? Um, I'm not going to say that I do do, but I'm going to say that there has been a couple of red flags. I mean, student student loan in of itself is dragging an entire generation behind. Yeah. There is no doubt about that because millennials are on track right now to be poorer than their parents. And we're the first generation of very long time. Yeah that is going to be that so so like you know with the with the student loan thing go more in depth into that how do you 
think that's contributing into the overall state of our economy? Honestly, one of the ways that it is contributing into the state of our economy is because the young people can't afford to buy houses, can't afford to buy things, period. Then the flow of commerce just does not happen at all. And for an economy to remain healthy, commerce needs to flow. Yeah. What, what, and like I said, speaking specifically on millennials and them not being able to afford their student loans, what do you think, maybe not even a viable solution, but what do you think is a pathway out of, out of this direction we're going in? Student loan forgiveness, absolutely. And then I think a two-year college will definitely, that and a trade school will, will go a lot further than a lot of people realize because when you have an educated populace, you have a populace who can afford to spend more. And when you have a populace who can afford to spend more, they can then go and buy more. Uh, It's kind of a Henry Ford aspect to it where he made sure that his workers could afford to buy his cars and afford to buy the food and the house because he knew that if that if people have poor people had more money they're more likely to spend yeah and that that i think that's that's really interesting that you say that because i i didn't know that that was um like a real sentiment you know like you said it's a henry ford idea i'm going to pay my workers enough that they can afford the cars that they build and i've never heard that saying before until today but i've worked moving furniture before and i have said to my coworkers more times than i can count i think it's really funny that i move all these people's expensive ass furniture but i myself could not afford to hire movers if i needed to move oh yeah you know and i mean don't get me wrong the workers they couldn't afford like right off the right off the line but they could afford like maybe a one or two years right you know what i mean yeah you save up and and be responsible with your money you can get one of these yep and that's one of the that's also partially where our minimum wage idea came from too because uh chicken in every pot chicken in every pot and that's where really where minimum wage originates from and we've kind of let that promise not keep up yeah and i I think something that we probably couldn't account for because and i and i used the number 100 years ago and i know it wasn't exactly but it's basically 100 years ago now we're in 2021 um so so with that um I don't I don't think we could I don't think we could have predicted this rate of inflation and if they could then I think uh this plan is going way better than anybody could have planned if that makes sense you know um because I I agree that the the minimum wage now you know it's it's obviously not enough I don't even think that's a discussion anymore that's not a question anybody's asking is 725 enough we know it's not enough um, Fifteen dollars isn't isn't enough either. If it kept if um, wages kept up with an inflation, it would be twenty five dollars. Yeah. By and now. And it was a company that is going to twenty five dollars an hour, and I can't remember what it is. Um, but now, the, what I find interesting and what I hope starts gaining traction is co ops. Co ops. You, you know. Mean? So what a co op is is the workers have a seat on the board alongside the board members alongside the investors right and i there's one i i can't remember i think it's somewhere in asia or something like that but um 
it's the largest one in the world and it's doing perfectly fine yeah so um and this is just me trying to clarify for myself and for my viewers is that a form of collective bargaining kind of like a union um i i wonder if it would be considered in a collective bargaining i do know that like i said it does so there's a representative coming from the workers within the side the company itself right and then it that representative is inside the board meeting so yeah i guess it could be a little bit of collective power because it's giving them a voice within and it's not it's not it's not as threatening to the to the corporation as a third party union would be coming in and threatening you with all these things it's it's kind of like a a self-contained union where we allow you to come to the table and speak with us yes yeah Yeah. I, i think yeah that sounds like a good idea i think that sounds like a good idea and then something that I've been bouncing around in my head with taxation is I think taxation is done poorly in America. I think that what we should do is allow people to choose from categories. Say, like, you have to pay X amount of taxes, but you get to choose how much you want to contribute to the military. You want you get to choose how much you get to do to education, to healthcare, yeah. and so on and would, so on, right? Would you happen to listen to J. Cole? Um, no, I haven't listened to him. That is, that is, so what you're saying right now is a pretty common thing that people are talking about nowadays. And the first time I heard of it was back in 2018. The rapper J. Cole put an album out and one of his songs was called Brackets. And the song essentially was about, you know, I finally made all this money rapping, but I have to pay it all back in taxes. But something he said in the song was, you know, it's, it's 2018 why are we still voting? Why are you still deciding where my taxes go? Why isn't there an app on my phone where I can just choose where my tax money goes? And that's how we vote. I feel like that's the best voting system, right? It's just picking personally where your money goes. Oh, absolutely. I honestly just kind of came to it naturally <laughs> versus hearing anyone talk about it. But yeah. Yeah. And, and no, I, I heard agree. it in a song, but that, that's, and that's why I brought it up. That's so crazy that so many people are starting to come to that conclusion on their own nowadays. And a lot of people are, and I think now these ideas, you know, the idea that you're having, I think needs to come to the forefront so it can be a collective discussion amongst people because, you know, um, like you said, taxation's failing. The education system is failing. The military is, is failing our veterans. And in all that, that essentially means democracy is failing because we voted for all this. I, yeah, and, and it's still I, not working. And I wouldn't say democracy is a complete failure. Democracy is extremely important. But the way that yeah. we go about democracy in this country isn't really d- democratic. It's more of a shell of Democrats. And really, in all honesty, it's an oligarchy. Yeah. I know, I know Canada, they have a parliamentary democracy, which is more similar to the UK, but you know, they, they vote for party representatives and then the party represent that party that wins, it picks the prime minister, you know, for sure. For sure. And, and that's not exactly what we have, but I definitely, what's we, your we, take on uh, selective choice? Like you vote for three people and then your top three people get combined together and then they win. This is my first time hearing hearing the concept and hearing it right off the rip. It doesn't sound bad, but I'm I'm not familiar with the concept. You're teaching me a lot tonight. 
Well, I'm glad that I'm teaching you a lot, and I hope I'm teaching your viewers a lot as well. Yeah, hey, I'm sorry I'm such a dumbass, man. But uh, <laughs> No, no, man. And this is how you learn is by yeah. talking. Yeah, and I yeah, think, I can't I think remember. It's... There's a, like a specific term for it, but I just can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah. But basically, yeah, it's where you vote, and then like the top three p candidates are the ones that choose and you get like you get two choices and then those two choices and then we can get rid of the two-party system via that way yeah um and yeah i mean it, it it it's it sounds viable you know but i think um an issue that we need to try to steer clear of going into this next uh you know i guess this next age of society is trying to come up with something new and accidentally doing the same thing again if that makes sense yeah 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 you know what i mean well i mean history has a tendency to repeat itself especially history on educated yeah i forgot what philosopher it was but there's a philosopher that said uh the end humans will know the end of history when an ideological shift will no longer fix the problems that mankind has created so with that idea you know i think the last big ideological conflict we had was the red scare you know is the world going to latch on to communism or capitalism communism or, or capitalism yeah, yeah. And, and in all honesty you do know you do uh did you hear what china's doing and i think this is really really rather clever of them instead of invading a country they invade it economically and they loan out money to certain businesses within that country and slowly take control of it. Yeah, they're taking over Africa like that right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, right now what we're seeing, you know, we had the rise of the West with Great Britain going out and creating the largest, you know, empire ever known. And now that, now that that's coming down, I think the West is putting in a lot of work to make sure that no other country rises to be that most powerful country again. But I think we're seeing that in the eastern side of the world, you know, it could be a potential that, you know, China and Africa and these countries we were so afraid of for so long could become major players again. In all honesty, one of the there's two classes that we need to start teaching in public school: uh, financing mm -hmm. and coding. One of the main reasons is because we're starting to creep into a technological revolution. We uh, just look at what happened with the with the um, industrial revolution. Sorry, my brain was trying to catch up with my mind, yeah. but yeah. Um, a lot of people were put out of jobs because they weren't trained to handle those future jobs. Right. And so we need to start thinking about that and teaching people that. And then financing. I don't get why there is zero financing in high school because that is like one of the major things that a good citizen needs to know how to do is control their money. Yeah. I think, um, from what I understand, our education system in the United States is pretty strongly based off of, um, uh, and, and I don't want to say the Nazi school system, but, you know, Germany's school system that Hitler basically developed. What it was based off of is factories and... Yeah, and that was, that was yeah. Germany's school system. That's how they made, because 
in America after World War II, one of the questions we asked was, how did this country that was obliterated 20 years ago become one of the not only largest manufacturing powers in the world, you know, but one of the largest war machines that humans have ever seen? And so we question, you know, how did he accomplish that? And the way you do that is by teaching your kids how to work in a factory from the age of six. Sorry, I just don't want my dog wandering off because then he'll pick a fight with the cat. But yes, no, uh, that's actually very fascinating that Germany that we based it off of Germany. Kindergarten. Kindergarten is, is a German concept, and it basically means indoctrination. That's why in kindergarten you learn about all the presidents and the flag and the Pledge of Allegiance. And you learn pride for your country and pride for your people in kindergarten. And then in first grade, you start learning how to be a little factory worker. That makes sense. That actually adds up. Yeah. So, yeah, and, uh, I, I think we need a new system that focuses, you know, because we're not we're, – we still are a manufacturing might as the United States. But – as you said, more and more of our jobs are turning tech-based, and we don't have the education system that supports that. That's why all the tech jobs and all the highest degrees are going to, you know, H-1B students, you know, Indians and, and Chinese students. Absolutely. And only a few of us who are smart enough or able to work hard enough yeah. very, very are slim. able to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Because our, our school systems... Not only, you know, I'm not going to say they're not designed to make us smart, but they don't, they don't instill us they're, with the values that they. They make us smart, are. but they make us obedient to the point that we don't even know truly why we're trying to be so obedient. Yeah, we're really rather good at than, doing what we're told to do. <laughs> rather than thinkers, we're we're based off of doing. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that about myself when I graduated high school because I always thought I was a leader in high school. You know, I was in marching band and, you know, I was, you know, I, I like to think I was pretty proficient at my instrument, you know, and, and I like to take charge and take a leadership role. But then when I got out into the real world and I, you know, you know, time to be a leader, right? Time to use all those things that you've learned and apply them. And then when you came out, you, you kind of apply them. Versus yeah, flopping me, like a fish out of water, you know? Yeah, versus people who were like me who are very, very independent, including in even in my own education. Like, they told me that I wouldn't be going to college, the principal, and yeah. I wouldn't be walking with my class. Yeah. And that was because I never really followed their structure. Yeah. I learned when I wanted to learn rather than learning exactly how yeah. they laid it out. And that and that's unfortunate how how little the school system values how well you retain the information and they really just value how well did you follow instructions. Yeah, yeah, and I I graduated with my class and yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I I just wanted to say that I was very different from the way that they structured schools. Yeah, they still then they structured colleges very similar to that too, and it's like. Yeah, but when you start working, when you start getting out, when you start living by yourself, it's so different. Yeah, a job isn't a job isn't anything like school. Even if even if you take a, you know, a very cuz I know you mentioned before and I want to touch back on this, but you mentioned, you know, trade school and two-year school. You know, I think those jobs are probably some of the best or not jobs, but those degrees and stuff are some of the best education you can get because they're just teaching you how to do this job hands-on 
and yeah, now, yeah. You, now you know how to do it and you can go somewhere and it may not be exactly the same but you you know with college you know like you said it's a lot like high school where you know you're going to follow instructions you're going to turn in all these assignments and whether you retain the information or not doesn't really matter but did you do what we asked you to do how we asked you to do it you know exactly and that and that, that actually i say this uh so i dabble with programming and That's I awesome. see this because I see a lot of these kids who are just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to get the best out of my education, though. I'm not going to learn to find the code myself. I'm not going to learn how to do the code myself. I'm not going to learn how to think about the code myself. I'm just going to get the assignment done. And it's like, okay, but you really aren't even looking up how to do the code. You're not looking up how to do this. And you're just literally following what's in the book rather than finding this rather than finding out a way to find the solutions. Yeah. Cause when you get in the real world, they're not gonna, it's not a test, you know, they're going to put something in front of you and say, do it. We're paying you. Yeah. Yeah. And I also talked to my coding teacher and she's like, yeah, I actually agree with that. Yeah. Which, my first, uh, my first coding class, I got an A, and my second, I got a C plus. Coding is hard. Yeah, I bet, man. It's it's basically like the most complex. I mean, it's just algorithms and shit. You know, it's codes. Yeah. You know, when I see that shit, it just it looks like somebody just, you know, what I mean, all over the keyboard. But somebody like you looks at that shit and it means something. You know, that's fast. It's basically it's a, it's a language. Yeah, yeah. It's a language being developed, essentially. And I mean, I'm not the I'm not the best at all, at all. But yeah. I mean, I can look at it and I can read it, and that's yeah. the start. I had a I had a a pretty my um my second episode. I only have two episodes on YouTube right now. I'm working on the third. Um, but that's but, not where I wanted to go with my life. Like I said, I wanted to go towards accounting, but yeah. I just wanted to learn Java because it's such a needed skill for what's coming for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think our education system at this point needs a revamp. And I feel like COVID may have opened the door for that because, you know, the curriculum is one thing that's a problem. But also, I think how the information is presented in the format in which we receive education, I think, is flawed and maybe not flawed, but certainly outdated. Oh, absolutely. It's outdated. Yeah. So and I think, I, we, the information is solid, but the way that we teach kids. Well, like, I still don't get this, especially in this day and age. Why do we focus on mathematics for memorization rather than comprehension? Right. Because memorization, anyone can memorize a formula. Yeah. But only, and I mean, even then, some people can't. But can you comprehend it? Can you plug it in? Can you get a result from yeah. it? And see, that was always my problem in math because I think they wanted me to memorize everything and I was having trouble understanding why. You know, they put the yeah. formula on the board and they plug the numbers in and they give you the answer and I'm sitting here looking like, okay, I see the formula and I see the numbers you put in there. Where the fuck did you get those numbers from? You know, why did you... Yeah, you know, yeah that, that I was terrible at math in school and I feel like that was... What you just said is where I lacked. You know, I didn't comprehend why the numbers. I only saw the numbers. And that confused well, like the hell I out said, of we live in a we live in a world now that's so vastly different that we can literally just go straight up onto YouTube, type in Khan Academy, 
and we can find every single mathematic formula that we would ever possibly need. Yeah. Um, and and I think uh, you know, even like you said, with with programming becoming more important, um, I think you know, obviously, blue collar jobs in a in a lot of ways can't go anywhere. You know, you're always going to need people to build stuff. You're always going to need architects to design things and engineers and all that sort of thing. So I think our our education system really, I think, should, if it has to be work-based. And I mean, go ahead. Um, something I know, speaking about all this, um, accounting, right? A lot of the stuff's becoming automated, but here's the thing. It, that makes the memorization of the formulas even more impractical to go about because it it's now becoming more about interpreting the data rather than i rather than plugging in the formulas you're not crunching the numbers yourself but you have to look at them and tell them what tell somebody what they mean exactly right right and and i guess that comes a lot with you know specifically in accounting depending on what field you're in that could mean the difference in between that business being on an uptrend or a downtrend over the next quarter right exactly depending on how you interpret those numbers i mean well that and you also have to but yeah yes i do agree yeah and, and i'm just asking i'm just uh, poking huh so I'm, I'm just asking i'm just poking you know i'm not trying to drill you with questions or nothing i'm just trying to get oh, you to I, expand no, 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 as far no, no, on this no, no, as no. i can no 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 please please do ask questions my yeah. brain's a little laggy oh yeah but um is there anything else you want to talk about no nah, man if, if you're if you feel like you're all talked out man i think this is beautiful we have a, a a really you know good conversation here we got a good bit uh you know discussed between the two of us and i feel like this episode in particular is going to give special insight you know because we hit on such a we we hit a on a wide variety of topics yes <laughs> very wide variety you know there, there there weren't too many like smooth segues in this one you know this you know and that's not a bad thing at all you know but you know you have a lot on your mind. There's a lot that you think about, and you know that. And I think it's going to be really valuable for people to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my head is a beehive of thoughts rather than, uh, <laughs> and then I order them out as I go. Yeah. No, man, that's beautiful. Hey, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go ahead and just get this, get this vocal tag real quick. I'm gonna wrap this up officially. You don't have to go right this second, but uh, I want to thank you so much, man, for coming and being on the show and talking with me man this was this was really great and i hope you enjoyed being here dude i definitely did and if my dad says that he's down i'll let you know hell yeah man yeah i got your email and uh and i, yeah. I like i said i definitely want to get into another interview with you where we can be more focused on that on that one topic we mentioned early yeah absolutely hell yeah man and um yeah like i said if, if anyone's out there depressed, PTSD or anything, please call and talk the national hotline. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what, man. When I, when I, can you uh, post that information right here in the chat real quick just so when I post this episode, I can, I can reference that, and that can be something people can go. Yeah, give me a second. Yeah. that's it everyone hey i really appreciate you coming by and listening today to another episode of talking with strangers and i hope to see you back next time thank you so much
Bye-bye now.